Hello, good morning, and welcome. It's Tuesday, the 3rd of March, 2020, and we're back with episode 139. Please don't forget to follow me on all social media, at Autonomous Hogue, and continue to leave me five stars on Apple Podcasts if you're a fan of the show. Let's dive in and get started. Today, we've got Zooks. Should your phone get you a DUI? And Lyft makes forward progress with their self-driving car project. All this right now. So one of the crucial unanswered questions as we embark on this future of autonomous vehicles and mobility is the fundamental question of consumer acceptance. Will consumers accept autonomous vehicles? Will they embrace them? Will they adapt to them or not? And so to that end, we over at Hogan Co., we've just recently launched what we genuinely believe is the largest such survey of its kind in the world, specifically trying to understand precisely that, consumer acceptance of autonomous vehicles. And we'd love to hear from you. Now, it's a really in-depth survey. It's going to take about 10 minutes of your time, but we think you're really going to enjoy it for two main reasons. One, they're really interesting questions. And two, we think you're going to learn a lot about yourself in the process. Anyway, if this sounds like something you'd like to do, please just head on over to our website at hogandco.com. Click the link in the blue banner at the top of the page. Again, that's H-O-A-G-A-N-D-C-O.com. Thanks very much. Before we get started, though, a uh, pretty amazing thing I want to share with you. So we've got a very special guest going to be on this show uh, on Friday. I'm interviewing this gentleman on Wednesday. It's tomorrow. So if you remember, last summer I spent a month in D.C. to get properly acquainted with the entire AV community, uh, mostly on the policy side of things, of course. And I had the extraordinary pleasure to meet with Jason Levine, the executive director at the Center for Auto Safety. So suffice to say, the Center of Auto Safety is obviously a really big deal. They've certainly got their fair share of things and suggestions for the burgeoning AV future of ours. And Jason himself, well, we've agreed it made sense to do a podcast together and have a bit of a chat. So I'm very much looking forward to this. Again, I'll be talking with Jason tomorrow, Wednesday. And if all goes according to plan, the episode should go live on Friday. So be sure to check back for that. It should be a pretty great discussion. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at ArmorAll.com. Armor all, less work, more clean. Terms apply. So I want to start off today's episode with a bit of a chat about Zooks. And if I sound a bit, I don't know, a bit uncertain about where this is going, that's because, yeah, I've realized I've sort of dropped the ball here. I haven't really talked much about Zooks at all. And that's strange because, well, from what little I can pick up about them, they're doing some pretty neat things. And that is actually just sort of the problem because I haven't been able to get that much about them. They've been remarkably kind of 
under the radar. I mean, sure, their website sort of says a lot about what they're up to, and sure, they share some pretty cool things on social media, but and these are all things that you can easily read and find for yourself. But I think what's so cool about them is precisely their approach. I mean, I'm not going to really go into too much about the actual hardware and software that they're relying on and how they're going about with the actual sort of AV stack, as it were. But what I'm most impressed with is the actual vehicle they're using. And when I say vehicle they're using, really what I should say is the vehicle they're building. Because although they are testing with with what looks like uh, standard Toyota SUVs, I think I want to say maybe Highlanders or, yeah, I think they're Highlanders. Um, These are really just test beds for what's actually going to be a fully custom built chassis that they're building in-house. And when I say chassis, I mean it's really going to be just sort of an autonomous pod car box sort of thing. Really, well, my best guess is something rather more akin to the recently unveiled um, Cruise Origin, about which I made a video, which you can now see on my YouTube channel, which does finally have its custom URL, which is youtube.com slash autonomous cars with Mark Hogue. Yeah, it is the whole thing, not just autonomous Hogue. Um, but yeah, so so it seems then that what Zooks are preparing to do is to kind of wow the world with this incredible new sort of, well, autonomous pod car thing. The best descriptions we have to go on is that rather like Cruise's origin, it is going to be effectively a sort of bi-directional pod box thing. Um, I have read a thing that says it's going to have four-wheel steering, which is pretty neat. That suggests it can do all sorts of fun little tricks like rotate about in circles or, you know, just sort of slide over, slot into tight parking spots, um, that sort of thing. It's going to have some interesting kind of active suspension. I I'm very curious to learn more about that. My suspicion is that, well, one of the concerns that comes with AVs, frankly, is the, well, the issue of passenger comfort. And I don't just mean ride comfort, which might be what you're thinking about and what I initially thought about when I heard about active suspension. You know, can it really just kind of smooth out the bumps? I don't think this has to do with so much the actual smoothing of vibration and harshness harshness uh, as it does the um, the intent to ensure passengers don't get car sick. So one of the one of the tricky things with anything involving driving, whether it's a human driver or indeed a uh, a computer driver, is that passengers are very susceptible to getting car sick if the motions tend not to be very kind of smooth, gradual, uh, as opposed to sudden and abrupt, right? And so I think anything that goes in that direction, not just sort of smoothing out the input, both with respect to accelerating and braking, but also, indeed, the suspension, which has to do with ride harshness and vibration, these things all go kind of very much hand in hand. And kind of thinking out loud about this some more, I guess a properly, truly sophisticated active suspension could actually do much more than simply smooth out the bumps in front of the car. We've already seen things um, from the likes of Mercedes who have installed forward scanning laser, which can effectively read the 3D topogra- topography of the road and effectively uh, preemptively firm up the suspension to then kind of cancel out the bumps as it hits them. So it's really kind of a proactive rather than a reactive suspension. And furthermore, suspension can even go one step beyond, right? It can kind of sync up with the sat-nav computer to anticipate corners. Again, looking at Mercedes, they've got a thing called, I believe, 
um, I think it's called Active Magic Body Control, something like that anyway, where the car actually leans into a corner, so kind of like a motorcycle, rather than the ordinary act of physics, which causes you to lean obviously away from a corner, right? And so by leaning into the corner, you, it kind of helps keep all the, well, what would be lateral forces, it keeps them straight down through your spine. So it feels sort of less, I guess, uncomfortable, disorientating. So yeah, the idea that active suspension could kind of work in harmony, not just to smooth out bumps as it were, but also to kind of better sync up with the navigation, meaning upcoming turns or to really just be that last component to help alleviate and indeed to totally avoid any sort of, well, car sickness that may ensue. Um, This is pretty neat stuff. Here's why I'm mentioning this now. Um, And just for the record, I have zero relationship whatsoever with Zooks, but I'm really intrigued by what they're doing. And so there are kind of two reasons I'm sharing all this with you now today. The first is, um, well, frankly, as self-serving as it sounds, I've actually never talked with anybody from Zooks. So if anybody at Zooks is listening, or if anybody knows anyone at Zooks, hey, please make an intro or just reach out to me because I'd really love to have somebody from Zooks on the podcast. I mean, there's so much to discuss. I think what you guys are doing is pretty amazing. So yeah, let's have a chat. But the second reason, and this is frankly to Zooks benefit, is that Zooks apostrophe or is that Zooks apostrophe? Yes, Zooks's. Yeah, so to Zooks's benefit, um, I see an article over here at uh, Axios uh, which says that Zooks is actually looking for funding. So apparently they raised $200 million last October, um, which they're going to go ahead and apparently fold into a Series C uh, later on. Uh, the point being, they are indeed looking for yet further funding. And their goal is, of course, to announce publicly for the first time this new sort of autonomous pod car that we're discussing, this kind of bi-directional electric taxi thing, um, which has apparently already passed federal crash safety tests and all sorts of testing, and they are anticipating early uh, pilot programs to begin in uh, 2021, so just under a year away. So, you know, frankly, if anyone's interested in Zooks, well, you know, they are looking for additional funding, so uh, yeah, (laughs) maybe reach out to them if you're interested in having a part in their future. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, so as always, you know, I'm pretty interested in, obviously, the law and policy side of all things AVs, and um, I stumbled across this article that got me thinking. The article itself is not, I don't necessarily, there's no reason to really dive in and discuss that, but it, it makes mention of the, the the concern in light of the recent investigation, the Model X, which crashed on the freeway in Silicon Valley, the concern that the driver was actually playing a, a game on on his iPhone. And the general thrust of the article is that in the future, autonomous cars, which I'm going to loosely define as 
well, level three, four, and five. So semi-autonomous as well as fully autonomous. Although, actually, scratch that. If it were fully, truly autonomous, level five, this would be a non-issue. But So let's say for levels three and four, uh, these vehicles should automatically lock your phone, right? You shouldn't be allowed to use your phone at all. And I agree, that would be, that, that's certainly one solution, right? So, so if your phone is, is connected to the car, and presumably this will be the case, you know, it's already the case that with Tesla, certainly your phone is your key. And this is little by little happening with other cars as well, and will certainly be the sort of de facto standard going forward. There's this idea that if your phone is connected, it simply shouldn't work. Yes, of course, now it's the law that you can't use your phone. Don't text and drive. Don't You just shouldn't use your phone, but of course, everybody still does. It's pretty outrageous. By the way, as an aside, I've been noticing for the last several years a funny thing where I'll be at a stoplight, the light will turn green, and just nobody goes. At first, I thought it was a bit of confirmation bias on my part where, you know, I'd see it occur a few times, and every time I would see it, I'd say, oh, see, it's happening all the time, and then I would sort of ignore the times it doesn't happen, but I've been trying to really validate this observation, and it really does seem to happen far more often than not, where the light turns green and just nobody goes, or somebody at the light will go and the car behind them just doesn't go. And I suddenly realized, is it because maybe just everybody's always on their phones at a stoplight these days? I thought it might just be regional here in my little uh, community just north of San Francisco, but then I started noticing this down in LA also, which really surprised me because, well, for those of you who know LA... Well, depending on your point of view, you might find them crazy drivers. I always call them efficient. And so the idea that anybody would dawdle or not immediately jump the moment the light turns green, that, that just kind of, that's not what I experienced when I used to live there, uh, what, 15 years ago. So anyway, my, my, my hunch is that people just kind of all jump on their phones when they're at a stoplight, and this is, this is why they miss the light to go green. But in any event, people nevertheless do stupidly, foolishly, dare I say criminally, use their phones uh, while driving. And I think this, you'll notice I used the word criminally because yeah, I do think it's criminal and it shouldn't be done. And so without getting into a whole discussion about the technology and so far as whether AVs and semi-AVs should should lock your phones once they're connected to the vehicle, um, and never mind the fact, how do you ensure that it's just your phone and not the passenger, although thinking further aloud here, the phone which is connected to operate the vehicle, that one should be locked. That seems pretty straightforward. Um, But yeah, I think that in the event that anybody whose phone is operating the vehicle, if you use it, yeah, it should basically be a DUI. I mean, think about it. Whether you're drinking alcohol or you're already drunk, whether you're taking medications that are tantamount to being under the influence of something or whether you're uh, medically incapacitated, any one of these things qualifies as a, you know, as essentially, well, driving under the influence. It's a criminal act, right? And this is a no good, terrible, very bad, awful, wrong thing to do, not just for yourself, but indeed, crucially, for those around you on the road. And I would argue that using your phone is easily as distracting, if not even more so, uh, to a point of driving with excess alcohol in your system. I uh, I just, I don't know why this has never really been discussed before. I, I, it kind of just occurred to me right now. I'm sure it has been discussed. I've just personally never heard anybody suggest this. I've, I've not read it anywhere. But yeah, just think about it. Using your phone while driving a vehicle, while operating a motor vehicle, where motor is defined as gasoline or electric or otherwise, it should be 
a DUI. End of story. Not some ridiculous, petty little fine. Not some sort of, you know, slap on the wrist. Because I can imagine countless people are probably pulled over with just a warning. No, this should be a DUI. It is outrageous that people actually drive while texting. So, I'll just leave it at that. I am very curious what what you think. In fact, I think I'm going to run a Twitter poll on this, which, speaking of which, yeah, I'm a bit sorry. I've not been running the Friday poll days like I used to do in previous seasons. I think it's time to fire those up again. But yeah, I'll probably go ahead and leave a little poll about this on Twitter at Autonomous Hogue. So go ahead and check it out. If you see it there, cast your vote, and I'll report back on this, uh, I guess, on Friday's episode or certainly next week, rather. Yeah, let me know what you think. Should using your phone while driving a vehicle constitute a DUI? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, well, I guess today's episode is all about catching up with companies about which I've not spoken much in the past. Uh, Today, I want to talk to close out today's episode uh, about Lyft. So as you probably know, Lyft, that other friendly competitor to Uber uh, on an admittedly smaller scale, um, they've been testing their own autonomous vehicle program for a couple of years now. I want to say since July of 2017, it's called level five. This of course, is a reference to the SAE, that society of automotive engineers, the SAE uh, autonomous driving level in which it's, the, it's the top most level in which an AV can handle driving in all conditions. The driver can actually be asleep. There doesn't need to be a steering wheel. So Lyft has been working on this really since July, 2017, they've been ramping up testing quite a bit. Um, they're still kind of lagging compared to the likes of Cruise and, and Waymo, uh, which in turn have accumulated something like 830,000 miles or so uh, for Cruise and about a million and a half miles for Waymo. Um, so Lyft, they've not done that much yet. They're down at like 43,000 miles or so at least as of November 2019. But the point is, they are trying to ramp things up. And what's really neat about Lyft is that they've rather cleverly partnered with Aptiv. Now, if Aptiv sounds familiar, that's because we have talked quite a fair bit about them. They are, of course, the AV company um, which have partnered up with Hyundai. Hyundai, of course, uh, doing all sorts of testing and development in the home country of South Korea. So again, just one of the examples of a small technology company, in this case, Aptiv, partnering up with a large established automotive firm because they can produce the actual vehicles, but not necessarily the AV expertise. That's where Aptiv comes in. But so Aptiv and Lyft have been doing a similar thing. And indeed, in Las Vegas, um, Lyft added Aptiv vehicles to Lyft's rideshare program. Um, They've already... So this launched in January of 2018. They've already uh, provided 100,000 rides as of the, as of today. Um, they do always have human safety drivers behind the wheel, of course. 
and the vehicles do not in fact drive themselves autonomously in parking lots and hotel lobby areas that sorts of that sorts of thing um so they are effectively really level four vehicles right because remember level four means that the vehicles can drive themselves in certain conditions and situations but not all the alternatives being where the human driver has to take over hence of course the backup human driver uh lyft has also been testing down uh here in silicon valley in East Palo Alto. They started this in November 2019. So, you know, they are they are making progress. Um, and it's an interesting thing to think about too, right? Because in light of, gosh, way back when this podcast first launched, February of 2018, I guess it was, was when Uber had its fatal accident in Arizona. And, um, you know, Uber effectively shortly thereafter pulled out of any sort of AV testing at all. And Lyft, meanwhile, is making small strides forward. And I think probably rather wisely trying to slow the pace of things, if only to avoid the mistakes of fellow competitor, or should I say friendly competitor, Uber. Um, Anyway, I guess I'm going to give a shout out to the folks over at Lyft. Uh, It would be really cool to chat with one of you. And as always, if anybody has any personal intros to somebody at Lyft, I'd love an intro and we can get somebody on the show. All right, well, that is a wrap for today. Please don't forget on Friday, check back here for my conversation with Jason Levine, the executive director of the Center for Auto Safety. I'll be chatting with him tomorrow on Wednesday. It should be a really fantastic conversation. So until then, have a wonderful rest of the week. I'll see you back here on Friday. Thank you so much for listening. Bye-bye.